Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fire You Can't Put Out. My name is Melvin and I want to thank you so much for being here. So let's go ahead and start right at the top. The excitement has been palpable. The language that folks are using has been otherwise. It's an awful lot of people belly aching right now, talking about we ain't gonna get the vaccine. We do not know what is in the vaccine. We ain't having it. But even though we are hearing that, perhaps seeing it on social media, the toxic waste dump that that is, what we're hearing from hospitals are that people are calling and freaking out. They want the vaccine and they want it yesterday. I have seen any number of polls that say somewhere between four and ten people or five and ten people, almost half of folks have said that they probably won't probably won't get it or definitely won't get it. And the vaccine is only as good as the folks who are willing to get it. There's a couple things we got to talk about on that front. The folks who want it, folks who say they don't want it, of course the African American community, and what's really happening in these streets. So let me start with the African-American community. I've spent a ton of time in recent weeks reading more and more about their perspective. When I hear, when I hear white people bellyaching, <laughs> entitled ass white people, shut the F up. See, there's a thing that happened to African-Americans that did not happen to white people. See, a lot of white folks got this idea that um, they know more than everyone else, right? This is how you get all these, these, all these crackers talking about, about all these conspiracies, all the stuff that they sit around and make up on social media. The overwhelming majority of the people that believe in that QAnon BS, white folk. So the reason why African-Americans are suspect of this particular vaccine is because they've heard so much in the news as of late that African-Americans need to get it the most. And that's true. Melvin, who are you to tell African-Americans that? Melvin, you white. Yeah, I am white. But the reason that doctors uh, and scientists are pushing for African-Americans to get the vaccine first isn't because they're trying to hurt them. It's because that, that is the community that has suffered the most, with Latinos being the second most. So that's why, but history, the history of the way that we've treated African-Americans, and of course I'm reading stamped, by, stamped from the beginning uh, by Ibram X. Kendi right now, and he's going through a lot of the experiments that we used to do on black people. Even during Thomas Jefferson's time, there was a belief that perhaps black people can't feel pain. There were a lot of arguments back then about whether black people were even of the same species as us. The fact that all these white people decided to make babies with their slaves and normal human children came out showed that we are the same species. But of course, there are others who can look science and facts dead in the face and say that it's not true. So the African-American community has every right to believe and what they believe because of the way that they have traditionally been treated. And the way that we have went ahead and done these experiments on them. And they said, 
there, and it's true, there's no concern for the African-American community. Think about it. Think about your Congress, just about anywhere you live right now, right? Perhaps uh, someone who's African-American who lives in your community is out there making those arguments that African-American folks need to be taken care of and that, that we need a jobs program and a housing program, right? But has that made it to your city level? And maybe that's the talk in your neighborhood, but has it made it to the city level? And by extension, has it made it to the state level? No? And even further away than that, has it made it to the federal level? The conversation hasn't even begun in, in city levels, state levels, and definitely not the federal level. The only thing that these white folks up in Congress are talking about right now is uh, they need more tax cuts and they need protection for all of their rich white friends from from being sued by workers. So when African-Americans say that they are suspicious of the vaccine, they have every right. But I would like to say to my African-American brothers and sisters, we do not live in the same world that we lived in 50 years ago or a hundred years ago or 200 years ago. Yes, there's a whole lot of that lingering racism that used to guide our every move back then. But it's not that way now. And to the African-American community, you have a lot more allies than you have enemies out here. And I know that I'm not going to be enough to assuage your fears. But I would, I would encourage you to spend some time. No one's trying to hurt you. Well, no one's trying to hurt you with a vaccine. And to white folks. Look at this. Look at this mess we're in because y'all just didn't want to pay for labor. Y'all looked at African Americans, called them monkeys, called them the N-word. And decided that they were less than human or only three-fifths human beings because you needed free labor? The vaccine is only as good as the folks who are willing to get it. We need at least 75% of people to get it. There's a whole lot of white folks who think that they're smarter than everybody else right now. And they say they're not going to get the vaccine. You take that along with the African-American community and yeah, we don't get to 75%. And if we don't get the 75%, we ain't going to be back out in these streets, you heard? Who knew? Back when you were enslaving folks, right? Because you just didn't want to pay for human labor. When you were enslaving folks, that what it was going to lead to was a worsening of the pandemic. The most terrible thing about this pandemic is it didn't have to be this way. The hammer really came down in March with respect to the pandemic. That's when all of our lives got flipped upside down. And there were just a few things that we needed to do. And we could have entirely eradicated this illness by June. I mean, we could have been back out in these streets in June. Crowds, restaurants, concerts, everything. And how do we know that? Because it's happening in China. Because now, I don't want us to use their tactics. Even though what they did worked, I don't want us to use their tactics. But we didn't have to all, we didn't have to have all these sick people. 
We didn't have to have all these dead people. But y'all cried freedom. Right? And it's just your freedom. I mean, freedom is really a concern for white folks when you think about slavery. <laughs> Freedom's only a concern when white folks feel like their freedom is threatened. Had everybody stayed home, you washed your hands, you wore a mask when you went out, and the federal government passed the HEROES Act. Pay everybody to stay home. Minus essential workers. Pay everyone to stay home. For two months, two months, the HEROES Act would have covered six months paying everybody to stay home. But not even that. Two months, we could have eradicated this thing. Here we are in December. And we're about two or three times as bad as we were when it hit in the spring. There was a little bit of a lull over the summer. But it's, it's all back now. It's all back and it's all bad and we can't stop getting together. And Congress just passed a, a very, very, very slim version of the heroes. It's very slim. And it's not enough money for anybody. The one-time payments are half as much as they were. And they're not continuing payments like they would have been with the Heroes Act. And all y'all voted for Republicans. That's what y'all brought us. And Mitch McConnell... Cynical as he is, said the biggest reason why he decided to pass this thing was he wants to make sure that he, that the Republicans, get those two Senate seats in Georgia. And he knows the people want this money. So they have decided to give us next to nothing. A $600 one-time payment if you make up to $75,000 plus $600 for each of your children. It's up to three children, I think. Maybe it's two children. They're still hammering out the bill. The bill hasn't been passed as of the, as of the time of this recording. And it's one time. It's not enough. And it's loans to businesses. Loans. My business hasn't made money this year. No, no, no. Uh, I've made a little bit, but it's really all gone back into the business. So I'm essentially flat. No money. Do you think I want to take out a loan? What makes you think I want to take out a loan? What, what so I can, I can be in debt for my business? There's no guarantee we're going to come back next year. Y'all don't know how to behave on these streets. There's no guarantee we're coming back next year. Illnesses are through the roof. Deaths are through the roof. We've now lost more than 300,000 people with, with, with more than two-thirds of those deaths being completely preventable. 18 million people have now been infected with the virus. 18 million. And something happened recently with the Pfizer vaccine. So uh, Washington State, the state I reside, my governor tweeted out that uh, he got a call from Pfizer. A 40% cut in the vaccines that we were anticipated to get. A 40% cut. And I thought that that was wild. Are there production problems? Are there shipping problems? You got to understand with these vaccines, I've been watching the news covers. These vaccines have been welcomed like they are royalty when they, and when they end up in the warehouses and when they end up in these hospitals. The vaccines, these little bottles of liquid. Treated like royalty. But there's a cut of 40%. 
And then I saw that there's a cut of 40% in Texas. Cut of 40% in California. North Dakota. Pennsylvania. Iowa's a 40% cut everywhere. What in the hell is going on? Pfizer once again. We have no shipping problems. We have no production problems. So what is going on? So the vaccines are, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Uh, this is uh, the Dr. Monsef Slawi. Um, he works for the Trump administration. The, and, and he's the guy that has been, so Pfizer produces the vaccine and then they go to the federal government and they say, how do you, here's how many we have. Here's how many vials we have. How do you want these distributed? How do you want these shipped out? And then they're given a plan. So you go, ah, oh, well, the Trump administration just effed it up, right? That's why each state is getting 40% less. They just effed it up. <laughs> you know, it seems that way. It looks that way. And considering who it is, you can be forgiven for thinking it's that way. But it's not that way. See, Monsef Slawi, the vaccine czar, owns 100, get this number in your head, okay? 156,000 shares of Moderna. And the Moderna vaccine just got approved. It got approved by the FDA. It got approved by the CDC. And it is now shipping out to states. And the cut in the number of Pfizer vaccines that was going out came on the same day that the FDA approved the Moderna vaccine. So what we're learning now is, oh, and by the way, that Pfizer vaccine, it's only good for five days in a, in, in, when it's being warehoused. It's good for five days. And then it's toast. That's it. Done. So all these vaccines, these Pfizer vaccines are just sitting in a warehouse going bad right now because this guy that works for the Trump administration has 156,000 shares of Moderna. And he doesn't want the, fax, the, the Pfizer vaccine out in these streets no more. No, no, no. He wants everyone to get the Moderna vaccine. Why? Because those shares, the shares that he personally owns, are going to go up dramatically in value. The more of these vaccines that get shipped out by Moderna. See, part of the thing we were counting on to get us out of this whole uh, pandemic was not just the first vaccine or even the second vaccine. I mean, there's a third and a fourth vaccine out there as well. So when they talk about the, the pandemic potentially being over by this spring, think about that three short months away, this spring, what they're counting on is all four of those vaccines being out there, being utilized. And this guy that works for the Trump administration, and this this will likely end when Biden becomes president in a month. But this guy wanted to make sure that he made a little money for himself. So you don't get the vaccine right now. No, no, no. You go home, you get sick, and you die. There are people contracting the illness right now getting sick from the illness right now, dying from the illness right now. We're losing something like a person every 11 seconds. That's a lot of people. But this Slavi guy, and this come, this is the story in the Daily Beast, this Slavi guy in the Trump administration, they just, they got to find another way to make money on this. 
And then it happened. And then it happened in my house. My wife has tested positive for COVID. It is now this illness, this completely preventable illness that did not need to make its way around the world, that did not need to kill 300,000 people, that did not need to infect 1,800 or 18 million Americans. It was completely preventable. But for a handful of, a handful of infections and deaths, completely preventable, has now spread so far, one in six people have it. One in six, those odds, it has now landed in my house. There's a positive case in my house. And we are in total and complete lockdown. I got a test yesterday. I'm still negative. I have no symptoms. My daughters have no symptoms. They'll be tested later this week. And I don't know what's going to happen. But I would just like to, while I have this microphone and this moment, to say F you to every single person in this country that thought it was a fabulous idea to vote for Donald Trump, that thought it was a fabulous idea to vote the Republicans back in. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen, but members of Congress are now getting the vaccine. You and I can't get it. Donald Trump and Dr. Slawi need to find a way to make some money on it before you, you and I get our hands on it. But Donald Trump's gotten the vaccine. So has Mike Pence. So has President-elect Biden. Also, so has the Republican members of Congress that decided to hold anti-mask rallies this year because, you know, freedom. Those folks are now getting the vaccine. After going out there and talking about, we don't need the vaccine. We don't, the illness ain't real. It's just trying to hurt Trump. And, and we need to not wear masks because freedom. White people don't know what it means to be oppressed. And yet here they are. Acting like they've really got something to crow about. So, when you have a bill, like the one that just passed Congress or is about to pass Congress, the relief bill, and I hesitate to call it that because it's going to bring nobody, nobody any relief. Okay, It's going to be like uh, putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. No, that doesn't work. It's going to be like putting a Band-Aid, like a single Band-Aid, like a single adhesive strip on many, many, many bullet wounds. It's not going to help. It's not going to fix anything. That's not enough money to pay your rent. That's not enough money to... Put, to put food in your house for even a month. Like it's, it's nothing. And for the businesses that have lost so much, an effing loan isn't going to help them. We could all go get loans right now. Yeah, we got businesses. We got good credit, a lot of us. We, wanna, we can go get loans, but we don't need a loan. Y'all didn't mind when you gave all that money to all those rich people back in 2017. Oh, but working people need the money. Yeah, that can't be. So with the compromise, nobody's happy. Democrats aren't happy because the bill's not big enough. The bill doesn't do enough for working people. Republicans aren't happy because it doesn't do enough for rich people. And one of the things that got stripped out of the bill uh, that the Republicans really wanted in there was liability protection. This is an interesting one to me because this has been the sticking point for Mitch McConnell from the very beginning. 
Where's the liability protection for millionaires and billionaires and large corporations, multinational and otherwise? Where is all the protection for all the people that do not need protection? All the super duper rich people who live in gated neighborhoods, right? Who are enslaving your friends and neighbors. Where is the protection for them? This bleeding heart, Mitch McConnell, that just got reelected for another six year term to do more irreparable damage to your life. But I wondered, why does he want this so bad? Why does he want pandemic uh, 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 liability protection? For these companies. And I thought, at first, maybe it's so the people that get sick, so that they're forced to go into work, they can't sue their employers for unnecessarily making them sick or killing them. And that's, yep, yeah, that sounds good. But man, the way Mitch McConnell was fighting for it, it's got to be something else. And then it hit me. So right now, um, Fox News... Uh, One America News and Newsmax, three hard right-wing networks that don't tell a spot of truth whatsoever on any of their networks, ever, about anything, lie about everything. They're being sued right now. Uh, I forget the name of uh, uh, the, the, the voting machines, the programmer for the voting machines. So conservatives are saying part of the reason that Trump lost is because the software on those voting machines flipped the votes for Biden, flipped them from Trump to Biden. And so they've been crowing left and right about that, about that software on those machines. And that's interesting. Where the hell did they get that from? It's not like conservatives are generally smart, like they actually know what's going on anywhere in the world or they, they understand technology or really anything. I'm pretty sure these folks think that rain falls up. But they're complaining about the software on these voting machines. Where the f- are they getting this from? Ah, they're getting it from Fox News. Uh-huh. They're getting it from One American News. Uh-huh. They're getting it from Newsmax. Now it makes sense. And all of those companies, those three companies are being sued right now by that software maker. In what is being referred to as the Red Slime case. You can read about it in the New York Times. And they're suing because they say the things that were said on those networks were outright lies and caused damage to the company that made the software for the voting machines. And since they're being sued, that's when it hit me. The liability protection. Oh my goodness. The liability protection that Mitch McConnell wants is to protect those right-wing media outlets so that those right-wing media outlets can continue telling you lies about elections, about the pandemic, about really anybody and everybody that is not pleasing to the Republican aesthetic. That's it. Mitch McConnell is one of the folks that gets protected by these media outlets. Yeah, of course, you know, Tyson that killed a lot of their workers, you know, and, and some of these other companies, some of these multi-billion dollar companies like, uh, like Amazon that have, that have killed their workers, overworking them, making them work when they're sick and all the rest. They, they will get protection too. But I think the protection for Mitch McConnell is for those right-wing media outlets so that they can continue doing what they're doing 
up to and including protecting Mitch McConnell. Just think about it. I'll never forget, as soon as I said, uh, well, as soon as Joe Biden got the, got the Democratic nomination, I'm not sure how, how many of y'all listen to that show, but uh, I can remember very, 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 very vividly what I said. And I'm going to say it again on this microphone because um, it's as true now as it was then. And by the way, I voted for Joseph Biden. Okay, Really, I voted for Kamala Harris. But Joseph Biden was at the top of the ticket. So yes, I voted for Joe Biden. Okay, Gave some money to his campaign. I really wanted to see Kamala in the White House. And yeah, I suppose I want to see Joe Biden too. But Joe Biden is a trash-ass candidate. And my hopes um, are very, very high. Although my expectations for him are very, very low. And here's what I would like to see. And I don't want any of y'all to lose hope. Because I want y'all to think about something for a minute. JFK. When you think about progressives, and progressives still talk about JFK to this day. Like he's FDR. He was not FDR. <laughs> well spoken and all the rest. Yes, he was a progressive man. But um, JFK refused to sign the Civil Rights Act. Oh, no how, no way, not today or tomorrow, not ever. JFK, think about old progressive firebrand. JFK would not sign the Civil Rights Act. Interesting. But the Civil Rights Act did get signed. And it was signed by LBJ, a Dixiecrat, a sworn Dixiecrat from the South. Had that thick southern drawl and all the rest. And even... After signing the bill, the Civil Rights Act, even after signing the Civil Rights Act, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to say a swear here, so you don't like the swears, you can, uh, oh, actually, I'm going to use a racial slur. <laughs> uh, you can plug your ears, but I feel like I need to say this for effect. But even after LBJ signed the Civil Rights Act, he still referred to it as, and this is true, the nigger bill. Yes, this is real. But he signed it. And why did he sign it? Well, because public pressure was high. And this is what people really, really wanted. And it wasn't just black folks. It was a whole lot of white allies, too, that said, yes, they need this. Now, Southerners, the folks that fly Confederate flags, the folks that try to fly Trump flags, like they're, they're never going to be, they're never going to be good. Like they believe in this deep, dark racism and you know what, if they, can, if they can win the White House and they can win uh, Senate seats and House seats and, and local seats with just a minority, then God, dang gummit, they're going to do it, right? But, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. And even though my uh, expectations for Joe Biden are not very high, I feel like the pressure that's going to be put on him will be very, very high. And if you think that somebody, and, and Joe Biden's not a good progressive, he's never been. He's to the left for sure, but he's not a good progressive. So we're going to have to apply lots and lots and lots of pressure to him and cause lots and lots and lots of good trouble. Because yes, even the firebrand JFK wouldn't sign the Civil Rights Act and LBJ, a, a complete racist, did. So anybody can change. And these politicians still ultimately work for us. And we can still move them in the right direction. And Joe is going to need all 
the pressure he can get. Last thing I want to talk about. This Trump tax bill that got signed back in 2017. So I remember when that bill got signed, like Republicans were just going crazy, throwing their hands up. Streamers, silly string, you know, celebrations, getting drunk off their arse. Woohoo! Yay! Tax relief! And that's what they call it, because taxes are so painful. We got tax, tax, re- tax relief for everybody. Tax relief. 83% of the immediate benefits and even the long-term benefits went to the top one-tenth of one percent of Americans. If you're an average working schmuck, a blue-collar schmuck, you likely got nothing, nothing out of this bill, nothing. And I remember hearing Republicans call up talk shows talking about, uh, uh, I saw 200 extra dollars in my paycheck. <laughs> that bill did something for me, too. No, it didn't, dum-dum. No, it didn't. You're lying to yourself, and that's bad enough. But now you're lying to me. There was a time bomb put into that bill to start paying for that bill. And that bill was $4 trillion. Think about that. $4 trillion to uber-wealthy people who did not need more money. right? But there's this mantra with the conservatives that we've got to have a way to pay for these things. There's a way to pay for it. And I think it was put in this way because if Trump lost, then time bomb goes off. If Trump doesn't lose, well, then that likely means he got a Republican Congress and they just sort of re-up for another four years. But um, taxes, taxes on working people are going to start going up next year. If you make less than a quarter million dollars in this country, your taxes are going to start going up next year. And better, and that's that's all a part of that 2017 tax cut bill that they that the Republicans passed. Trump signed back in 2017. They said in f- in four years, you know, after we passed this in four years, so they passed it in January or February of 2017. So either next month or the month after, taxes are going to start going up on you and everybody you know that works for a living. And it's not just next year; they go up. For the next nine years after that, every single year, for the next nine years, your taxes are going to go up. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fund the federal government. Federal government needs money because the federal, we've got to fund the military. We get, nah, nah, don't be stupid. You know how this goes. You know where that money's going. 75 million people voted for Donald Trump again. Despite the fact that he is going to, even after leaving office, his taxes are going to, your taxes are going to go up for the next nine years. And that's what you voted for. And if you think that we're going to be able to pass a bill with a slim majority in the House and the Senate to stop those tax hikes on you, y'all should have thought of that before you started running with Donald Trump. Hope springs eternal for the future. Perhaps we can change it. Perhaps. My hopes are high, but my expectations remain low. Prove me wrong, people. Prove me wrong. (laughs) Thank you for being here on the fire you can't put out. Our official MSTFYCPO.podbean.com. 
We are on Facebook. Go out on there. Give us a like. Uh, individual episodes or wherever you find podcasts, of course. And then, of course, questions, concerns, hate mail is just a general statement or inquiry. You can email us at tficpo at gmail.com. We work hard to not only inform and entertain, but also keep an open dialogue with you, our listeners. So thank you for listening. We are the fire you can't put out, and we will prevail. Rejecting austerity in favor of prosperity. Special thanks to Kevin for producing, and thank you for listening. By the next time uh, I do this, Christmas will have passed. So um, merry, merry war on Christmas to you. Uh, this is Melvin, signing off. And now that I have awoke you up, good morning.